So my Bible is so heavy, so that's what made the... Of course, I had to bring the heaviest Bible. It's nice to have different versions, isn't it? It's nice to hear God's character and nature <clears throat> through the different versions and hear Holy Spirit speak to you through the different versions. And so thank you for the prayer team. Thank you for, um, thank you for the breath prayers. Thank you for the breath prayers. When we breathe in Holy Spirit, we breathe in God. And, it, and Holy Spirit floods our spirit and our soul. And that's our healing. That's our connection with God. And today it's Pentecost Sunday. It's happy Pentecost Sunday. And I hope you've had a happy week. I hope you've had a good week. And I hope you encountered Holy Spirit this week and Holy Spirit changed your mind and Holy Spirit lives in you and Holy Spirit's the divine influence of your heart. So I hope that you were divinely influenced today by God, by Holy Spirit in the breath prayers. I hope there was a divine exchange when you breathed in Holy Spirit, you release something, you let go of something. And so today is, we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday. We're celebrating the resurrection, 50 days, so 50 is Jubilee, so we're not living for, to get to Jubilee. We live in Jubilee. It's not something we're striving for. It's not some, someday I'll be happy, someday I'll have joy. Um, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit lives in us. So we're not lacking joy, we're not lacking peace, we're not lacking righteousness. It's all the the blessings of God upon us, of his presence. And today they, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And we talked about John 14 last week. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. So in Acts 1.8 is when they received the power of Holy Spirit, came upon them, and they were witnesses to Jesus in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we know that Holy Spirit, we learned last week that Holy Spirit only convicts us to believe who God is and who we are. So it brings the truth that makes us free. Holy Spirit convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment of sin because we do not believe, convicts us to believe and of righteousness so that we always know that we're not striving even in worship for God's presence. We all come with God's presence. We carry the presence of God. We're his dwelling place. We're his home. Wherever We're not striving for that relationship. We're not striving for his presence. This, our soul, that's what heals our soul, that God is very present with us, that he's not far away. He's near us. He's with us, even, in, in, even if it's a valley of darkness, a valley of fear, a valley that, uh, that torments you even. There's a lot of fear right now on the earth. And so we shall be witnesses. So we're the witnesses of the resurrection. We're the witness that Jesus Christ is in us, that we're the witness that we're anointed sons. We're the witness wherever we go into the world that we can be called guilty of being Christ-like, that we have Christ in us. We're anointed ones. And so this is, this is Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. This is a very happy day. This is a day that we are empowered by Holy Spirit for all change. You know, we belong, but just because you belong doesn't mean that that's where all the change is. It's when you believe in your heart, only believe, Jesus always said, 
where all the change that you desire will come into your life. And it starts with you first. And so we're empowered with a testimony to be a witness of the resurrection, a witness of Jesus Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, now we can live by the Spirit. We're, not li we're living by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. We don't live by any spirit of wisdom of the world. We can see that. We can perceive it. We can hear it. I think we've heard a lot on Facebook and in the news. We've heard all these things that are of the world. But these things will, would make you believe that a, your natural circumstance, what you see naturally, is your truth. And so we are supernatural. We are naturally super. We have to live in the realm of the supernatural. We have to live in the realm of the spirit because we are spirit. And so it's going to be a totally different response to the world. It won't be from the tree of knowledge. It won't be about I know who's right and I know who's wrong. I know who's good and I know who's evil. We live from the tree of life because Jesus is life. He's given us his spirit. And it's a promise. He sent us the promise of Holy Spirit because he wanted us to be, he's the first fruit. He wanted us to be sons and daughters, anointed with power. And so that's who we are. And so... Everything that Jesus, he fulfilled Passover. Jesus fulfilled Pentecost, and Jesus fulfilled tabernacles. We're not looking to try to achieve them. We're not looking for something that's already given. He is the promise. He is the yes and amen. Sometimes we think the promise is something he said to us about something, and that is a promise also, but every promise is in him, yes and amen. He gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit. Every promise is in Holy Spirit, yes and amen. He gave us the promise of being reconciled to our Father's love, to, to a righteous relationship, made righteous. It's not us trying to do righteousness. We've been made righteousness. And so all these promises are yes and amen, only believe. And so in this time of uh, COVID, God gave me this Psalm 88, and I was like, oh, Lord, I... I'd really like a nicer psalm. I'd like one that's uplifting and, and makes people feel good. And, and, uh, but Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I read this psalm. And it's about Heman the Ezraite. And it's interesting that Leslie had a word about humanity because really he's a he-man, but he represents humanity right now. He re represents what humanity is going through right now. And he really wanted God to save him from sorrow. And... and it's, it's to the tune of pierced. Well, who was pierced? Jesus was pierced, right? Jesus was pierced for us. He conquered sin, death, and the grave on the cross. So Jesus was pierced. So everything that this person um, experienced, encountered, everything that became his natural truth, his natural reality, Jesus conquered to say, no, that's not your reality. The perception is, I was pierced for all of these things. I overcame all these things. And it's to come into Christ. And so I want you to, I'm not going to read the whole psalm because it's, um, it's very long. I hope I have it here. I kind of wrote out some of it. Um, it's very long, so, and it's very depressing. <laughs> and so, but you have to hear his pain. And he really, really believes God is against him. And he, his eyes are blinded by the darkness that he's in. And so he can't even see that God is with him. You know, we talked about, God is very present with us. We're not trying to get God's presence. We're awakening every moment of the day. We're practicing that he's with me. He's with me. 
I'm not worshiping to get his presence. I'm not confessing the scriptures to get his presence. He's, he's, we're doing those things because it's actually awakening the seed of Christ in us. We don't have to do them, but what it's doing is bringing this revelation. Wait a minute. He's living in me. He's with me, and he's for me. And so Haman, he talks about, he, first of all, he start, talks about, and it's like a lot of the Psalms. They declare who God is, and then really what they declare is he's not with them. And really what they start to declare is God's against me. God's not for me because there's so many people against me because all he can see is darkness. That's what he's in. So he can't see the light. He doesn't know that God's present. But they always have a truth, a deep-seated truth in them that they know something about God. And it's, yeah, he said, talks about God. I know who you are. You're Yahweh. You're the God who continually saves me. So that is true. But that's an Old Testament mindset. That's saying, God's not really with me. He's not in me. He leaves me, and then he leaves me in all this trouble, all this pain, all this sorrow, and I've got to cry out to him, and I've got to call on him to come and deliver me. They didn't know that God was Father, so God always shows up because he goes, I'm not going to leave you there. He always shows up, but that's a wilderness mentality. It's not the mentality of the mind of Christ. It's not the mentality of a son. It's the mentality of, if you read this psalm, he says this is what peop, how people see him, as hopeless and forsaken. They see him abandoned, discarded by God. And then he talks about how God is treating him. Well, God, you did all this. I feel your wrath. I'm drowning in waves and sea of sorrow. And God even allows us to talk like that because do you know that that's the beginning of healing? Do you know your confession of what's in your heart and you're not denying it anymore? There's no pretense. It's, that's the very beginning of healing is sharing your story and what it feels like. But Jesus had to come to not leave us there and die in that place. Jesus came so that we would be one with God, that we, he's our father, that we would be one family, that we would be sons. And he even says, you've turned all my friends against me. Nobody wants to be with me. And he was begging for God's help. He was begging God, saying, can't you see my tears? Can't you see my eyes are swollen with weeping? But he says, my arms are wide, longing for mercy. You see, there's many scriptures in the Old Testament about mercy. But quite often, they're begging for mercy, and they're crying out for it, because that's where law leaves you. That's where law leaves you. That's where religion leaves you, begging God again and again and again for mercy. Mercy has triumphed over judgment, period. So the most merciful one, the blood of the lamb is upon you. You are forgiven, and you are healed, and you are innocent, and you are blameless. But this, this place in the Old Testament is they don't really know God's character. They don't know daddy's love. They're always looking for forgiveness. They're always begging for mercy, not knowing, wait a minute, the most merciful one lives in me. And so his arms were open wide, but there was nowhere to find help. And all his loved ones were far away, and he was left alone. So this is really a psalm of being forsaken. It's a psalm of abandonment. It's, it's a song, psalm of God does not care. And you can read that a lot in the Old Testament. They will declare who God is, and they know in their head who he is, but they haven't had an encounter with his spirit. These breath prayers that we did, you're breathing in Holy Spirit. You're breathing in the spirit of life. You're breathing in resurrection life. 
You're breathing in the presence of God into you, into you, into your thoughts, the strongholds of your mind, the beliefs of your heart, so that your soul can rest. God's Holy Spirit, everything about Holy Spirit is about Holy Spirit is peace. And Jesus made a covenant of peace. So it's not like one part of the Trinity is peace and the rest aren't. They're all peace. They're indivisible. So, But Holy Spirit is the very tangible experience of peace. And peace for this man in this circumstance would have changed everything. Holy Spirit in him. The power of Holy Spirit upon him. The power of Holy Spirit in him. The infilling. And then there would be an overflow. The overflow would be your mouth would speak different. I'm not in a dark place. I'm not alone. My feelings and my emotions told me that. I really believed it with my heart. But when Holy Spirit floods you, floods your heart, floods your spirit, floods your soul, your emotions, your feelings, and they completely change and they line up in agreement with heaven as it is in heaven. Heaven's plundering hell. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my soul. That these thoughts that I'm alone and forsaken, these thoughts, these Old Testament thoughts of the wrath of God and punishment, Jesus, Jesus had to come to correct those thoughts. No, he came as a son to reveal to us who we are as sons and daughters. And so this, this psalm here is um, really where a lot of humanity is and where we can be stuck too. We can be stuck in trauma. We can be stuck in abuse. We can be stuck in PTSD. We can deny these emotions and feelings. And that is spiritual bypassing because Holy Spirit wants to heal all those things. Jesus came to make a divine trade, a divine exchange. Yes, I see where you're at. I see what you're feeling. I see your emotions. I'm very present with you. They don't make me leave. In fact, much more grace abounds to you right now. Much more of my spirit to flood your spirit. Much more because I want you to walk in the truth. I want you to walk in freedom. See, his focus was everyone that was against him. And Jesus says, I want your focus to be me. We need our focus to be, our center of our focus has to be Jesus, not the world, not how bad the world is. That will be the center of our, of our heart, of our spirit, soul, and body, of our mind, our will, our emotions, how bad the world is. But the center of our being is Jesus, our focus, our thoughts, welcoming in Holy Spirit to change our mind, change our heart, heal our soul. Holy Spirit wants to heal our soul, love our soul into wholeness. Holy Spirit is like, is like the umbilical cord of heaven. There's always a flow, and it's an umbilical cord of hope, and we have a confident expectation that God's always going to heal me, spirit, soul, and body. But I'm not going to live in the lonely place. I'm not going to live in the place that says, why, God? Why? Those are normal questions. God doesn't say don't have that question. He, he doesn't trash your spirit. He doesn't, he doesn't say you can't talk like that. He says, invite me in. Invite me in. You're asking me why. I want to answer that why. I want to show you who I am. I want to show you who you are. And so, you know, being forsaken like this, he-man, which is like humanity, isn't that like what Jesus did for us on the cross? Was he not forsaken? Did he not? Was his emotions and his feelings that he felt completely forsaken? That everybody was against him? That he had no friends? That 
He even felt forsaken by the Father because he took all the darkness and the sin of humanity. He came clothed as a man. He came clothed in humanity. And he went to the cross and took all the sin and darkness of our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, everything that would afflict our soul, every weapon that's been formed against us. That he says, no, I'm going to go to the cross so those things don't prosper. And so what prospers is, is Christ in us. So out of his cry of complete abandonment that he willingly went to the cross, he willingly laid down his life. This is a plan of God to reconcile it to us in our very worst moments. We come to God with all our stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God doesn't say, well, your emotions or your feelings are out of whack. He says, come to me. Come to me. Don't hide them. Just come to me with your tears. See, he didn't know how present God was. He didn't know. He didn't have Holy Spirit. Jesus came to give us the promise of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're my promise today for my spirit and my soul and my body. You're the promise of redemption. You're the promise that you restore all things. It is well with my soul. He restores my soul. Think of Psalm 23. He restores my soul. So whenever... Whenever you're feeling like you're unbalanced, whenever your sensory system is out of whack, wherever your nervous system is out of whack, wherever your thoughts are depressing and suicidal, Holy Spirit restores your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So there's, we're always practicing breath prayers. All these prayers that Jesse has taught us is teaching us to practice the presence of God, teaching us to be God-aware but it's way more than that. God just wants to give and give and give and give and give and give and give. He's not pointing out what's wrong with you. He just wants to give you more. He gave his son, and he wants to give you more. Jesus paid the price on the cross, and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In his forsaken, in the darkest of all the sin of humanity, all the feeling of fatherless. Did this man not feel fatherless? Did he not feel that God didn't care? Where's God? If you really cared, why did this happen? But in Jesus paid the price for all that, for all of humanity. And he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's the best place for you. I, he still trusted God's love. He didn't feel God's presence. He, had, he couldn't see the light. All he could see was darkness. He couldn't feel the love. He didn't know that the love of daddy was right there. See, God is Trinity. God is one. God went to the cross, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is indivisible. This was a plan to bring us into the fullness. And the fullness is the seed of Christ in you. And it's just growing. And it's just maturing. And it means like every place where, we, where we've been wounded or hurt or we were taught something different about ourselves or who we are, God's just saying, just walk with me. Holy Spirit says, just walk with me. I'm going to heal that place. And so the very absence of God, who has not walked to a valley of the shadow of death? Who has not had a dark night of the soul? But guess what comes out of that? You get such a revelation of how present God is, how much he loves you, that he, his light is there. And not only that, now he says, you're a child of light in that valley. You think it's the valley of darkness? But I'm going to tell you, you're a child of light. You're the light in that valley for everybody else. So those that sit in darkness have seen a great light. Even when you feel a little darkish, you feel like your light's gone out a little bit, you're still a light. Even when you're going through something and you're processing something, 
you're still a light. God has not left you. He's with you. And so this is the safe place. Surrender. Submit to God. Submit is such a kind of an ugly word because it's been very abusive in the body of Christ. But submit is wonderful. Submit is surrendering. It's yielding. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Into your hands, Papa. Into loving hands, caring hands, protecting hands. And so into his hands he committed his spirit with absolute truth on the darkest day of all of humanity, all the darkness of all humanity. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. So Jesus is the door, isn't he? And he completely trusted the Father's love. You know, if you read the Psalms, remember they're a shadow of what is to come. Who is to come? Jesus Christ, a better covenant. They're a shadow. There's a shadow of what is really missing, what is really lacking. It's the presence of God in them. It's a crying out for mercy that really is more doubt and unbelief than it is, I know what I need. Your mercy's new every morning. I thank you. I need your mercy this morning. Thank you. I'm overwhelmed by your mercy. I don't deserve it. I don't. There's nothing good in me, but you give me your kindness and your goodness. You give me mercy today. And so that's who God is. So Jesus conquered the power of sin, death, and the grave on the cross on the cross and he wants to give us a divine exchange for our feelings and our emotions our natural reality the very things that are naturally very real coming against us we don't pretend they're not happening if you cut off your arm you wouldn't pretend if your arm was cut off you would not say well god's healed me you'd say i only have one arm left but i still have purpose i don't know why this happened but it's not the wrath of god now I'm the place where his goodness and his kindness, his grace can abound yet more and more. So I don't believe destructive thoughts about myself or God. I don't make him a monster. He's a really good father. And so when I was putting this together, God really wanted to let you know that he never abandons you in your time of need, even though you might feel alone. You might feel, the feelings might say, I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I feel forsaken. And people could really do that to you. They could be, you could really have people around you that really do that to you. That's where God wants to come and show you, I have never forsaken you. He is committed to love. He can't change who he is. He is love. He's committed to love, even when we're not. Even, he's faithful all the time. When I'm unfaithful, he's still faithful. He changes not. He can't change who he is. So God said, when I was putting this together, don't let your emotions and your feelings be hijacked. So the father of lies wants to hijack your emotions and your feelings. The accuser, the slanderer, the categorizer wants to hijack your feelings and your emotions. So you believe lies, and they might be old wounds. But let those feelings and emotions come to the light, and God will make them light. He will make them manifest but he will make them light because the word is light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. So he's going to speak a truth to you that's going to make you free. He's going to speak a truth to you where you believed a lie about the wound that actually made your feelings and your emotions say, this is my reality, this is my truth. And God's going, no, I'm coming with a greater reality. I'm the truth in your situation. And God said, don't let your feelings run you. 
because they can run you. They can, they can be your motivation every day. And see, this man's motivation was, it was God was bad and people were bad. And why is this happening to me? His motions were running him to focus outward. And really, a focus outward is really a self-focus inward. We want our focus to be Jesus' center. The world's not bad. People are not bad. The church is not bad. Our focus has to be Jesus is our center. And so God's saying, let my love be the motivation of your heart. Let my love direct your path. Let my love be submerged in Holy Spirit. The power of God upon you is being is Holy Spirit submerging you in truth, submerging you in love. That sometimes these things, reality, don't change. But inside, there's such a greater, huge reality. But these things don't define me. What people are doing, what people are saying, even my circumstances might not change. But I'm not going to blame God, and I'm not going to blame them. Because that's, from, that's what the enemy wants. If I could just get people to blame each other, accuse each other, because that's his nature, judge each other, then the words will be bitter, and there'll be no body. The body will be separate. And he says, one body. So God's saying, let my love motivate your feelings and your emotions. And all your thoughts will be truth. And you will see, hear, experience, and encounter my reality. I am God, but I am love, and I am light. Can you imagine in your greatest darkness, your greatest valley, experiencing light and love and truth where the enemy tried to say no this is your reality this is who God is that's who they are this is who you are see we're sons and daughters and our original identity we're made in the image and likeness of God and Jesus went to the cross you couldn't condemn him he willingly went you couldn't punish him he willingly laid down his life and so God's saying, let my love be the center of your, of your life. Let my son be your center focus. And so um, I'm not going to read this because it's a little long, but it's, the answer is Romans 8. It's the love of God because that's who God is. And so this isn't just a word. We are, we are spirit. The word's written on our heart. We have a new heart and a new spirit. The word is written on your heart. Your very DNA is the divine nature of God, DNA, divine nature activation. He wants to activate his divine nature in you. And so that out there tries to activate another nature. Lies try to activate another nature. But we are spirit. We are word and we are spirit. See, Jesus gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit so the word would be powerful and living. We are word and spirit. We are not just word. Old Testament were just words, and they killed everybody. How can I kill everybody with the word? <laughs> but when you come as word and spirit, people around you come alive. They're reconciled. They're redeemed. They're restored. They're a new person. They come alive. They're living. That's who we are. That's who the body of Christ is. We are living word and spirit. We are word and spirit. 
It's the only way to soar in the heavenlies. It's the only way to be eagles that have heaven's reality. Otherwise, our reality is always this. But God has, we're in a pandemic, and God always says to me, I have panoramic vision. So you know where you're going to get your vision right now? is in God's presence with his eyes, looking to him. Looking to him. Let him restore your soul. Looking to him. You're going to have panoramic vision for the church and the body of Christ. Or we're going to have pandemic vision. One's the spirit of the world. It sounds like wisdom because it, because it comes from the tree of knowledge, which is the tree of a lot of information. I know it's good and I know it's evil. It's the spirit of the wisdom of the world. But the tree of life, see, Jesus, there's no common ground between the two for Jesus. Jesus will not go over to the tree of knowledge. He was crucified on that tree, our tree, where we lived by knowledge and information of everything. We accumulated, accumulated, accumulated. I saw it, I heard it, I experienced it. I saw it, I heard it, I experienced it. Now I know. God's saying, that's not who I am and that's not who you are. God's saying, eat from the tree of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Eat my word and I will anoint it. You will be the word that moves into the neighborhood and you will be life and light to all men. Jesus has no common ground with the tree of knowledge. None. We've got to always go to the tree of life. Jesus is our life. So this is, this is Romans 8. Become this. This is the word written in your heart. Holy Spirit, only you. We ask you to flood our spirits, flood our souls, flood our bodies, that we actually manifest as sons and daughters of God. The whole earth is groaning. The whole earth is travailing for the manifested, revealed sons and daughters of God. And that's who we are because, Jesus, you were the first fruit. And we are anointed ones as you are an anointed one. We are one with you. There's no division. There's no separation. Who could ever be against you? Maybe you need to name them because you felt it and it hurt. Name them. Make a divine exchange. Who can ever be against you? He proved his love on the cross in the darkest day, our darkest moment, when we've either been sinned against or we agreed with sin, where we couldn't see, we were blind to his presence, blind to God caring, blind to the helper, the comforter, Holy Spirit, the power of God upon you is the comforter right now. Does the world not need the comforter? Do you want to manifest as an anointed son as a comforter right now? There's people manifesting as judges, condemners. It's a division in the body of Christ that God is going to separate and reveal his true church. He wants us to walk as manifested sons of daughters because of the greatest treasure, the gift of his son. We receive you, Jesus. You are the promise. Holy Spirit, you are the promise. Who would dare accuse you? Who would dare accuse you? Who would dare accuse you? Jesus bore that on the cross, all the accusation, all the slander, all the categorizing, all the labels. He shed his blood so that you don't live there anymore, that you make a divine exchange with Holy Spirit. God is, this is Romans 8, God is our judge. His final verdict over you is not guilty. Every day you want to know, have mercy, because every day the verdict over you is not guilty. 
And Jesus went to the cross to say not guilty for the woman caught in adultery and not guilty for the Pharisee that wanted to stone her and walked away and would not let go of their stone. At the end of that chapter, they wanted to put Jesus off a cliff. They wanted to push him off, and he just turned and walked right through them because he knew that there's no accusation that can triumph over him. There's no accusation that can overcome who he is. He's a son of God. I know who I am. I'm convinced. You can't change my mind. They still have their stones. Do you know that? First they wanted to stone the woman caught in adultery. Then they wanted to stone God. Grace is so offensive. Mercy is offensive. It's very offensive because there's no judgment. And so who is left to condemn us? Who? I can't find them. They might be like barking dogs, but who is left to condemn me? Paul calls them barking dogs. I'm not slandering people like that. Paul called them barking dogs because they want to bite your flesh. They're like bears. They're flesh eaters. Certainly not Jesus. Who wants to condemn you? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. He's given his life for you. He has conquered death. He conquered the darkness. Every time you find yourself in darkness, remember Psalm 23 and the Passion Translation that says that our shepherd is our friend and he leads us beside still waters. Because when you look into still waters and you can see your face, you actually remember who you are. I'm a son of God. Look in the mirror. I'm a son of God. I like who I am because I like God. Oh, there's places where I don't like myself. That's okay. Let me flood your spirit and your soul, and you will like yourself. So who is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. He gave his life for us. He conquered death. So how could he possibly condemn us? He died for that. He condemned condemnation. So if you feel, if your emotions feel condemned, if you're feeling those feelings, those emotions rise up, the enemy wants you to condemn who's condemning you. And so you can only practice to receive the mercy of God so that when you turn to look to people, you're practicing giving them mercy. You might never change them. That's okay. Jesus, Jesus died for them too, right? And so he says that, so how could Jesus possibly condemn us since he's continually praying for our triumph? God gave me the word triumph after I got saved. And he said, my life was tragedy to triumph. So my story, my book, there's chapters of tragedy. People have chapters of abuse, trauma, PTSD, every kind of abuse, spiritual, mental, physical, sexual. God doesn't define who you are. Jesus wants to live in those places so they never don't define you anymore. There's so many wounds with those things. An enemy wants to condemn you because he doesn't want you to release the lies from those wounds. He wants you to live in the wound, live in the lie. You'll never overcome. You'll never experience the triumph of the cross, the resurrection life. And so nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards me, wherever I am. And so it's a glorious victory. And we live. We live with confidence. This is not pride. This is confidence. 
We live with confidence in God. We're so confident in who he is. We're so confident that we're safe and that he loves us and that he cares and that he's light and love and he's never left us. He's never abandoned us. He's never forsaken us. Jesus paid that price. And so his love triumphs over all life's troubles. Okay, every day has enough trouble of its own. Have you found some trouble some days? And sometimes it, had, it was more. I think it, I'm thinking, well, this is more than enough trouble. <laughs> but he's still more than enough. He's still more than enough, even if the day has more than enough trouble. He's, he triumphs over fallen angels, dark rulers, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Jesus Christ triumphs over all those things. Where? Out there? No, here. So that I'm not connecting with that reality, and that's not my reality. Right here. Right in our spirit, soul, and body. And there's nothing in the present or the future circumstances that can weaken his love. So, you know, they live in the Old Testament without hope. People that live in the world live without hope. There's no confident, confident expectation of the goodness of the Father, the goodness of God. That's what hopelessness is. I don't have a confident expectation in this. Last week, I shared where I was disheartened. That's hopelessness. I would have lost heart if I had not believed in the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. That's today. That's not heaven. That's eternal life's in us now. We're not waiting to get into heaven. Heaven's in our heart. Eternal life's in us right now. And so I was disheartened for what someone else was going through. I felt sad. And I believe God does too. But there's a releasing of that so that I don't stay disheartened. That I, God said, I'm turning this for good. So that's where I've got to stand and that's where I've got to leave. Faith comes by hearing. He spoke to me. Now I've only got to believe that he's going to turn this for good. Sometimes we, I can pick up my husband's offense. I can pick up where he's been condemned or where he's been judged. And, I'm, and you know, you want you, and especially your kids. I mean, if you have any kids, you're just like, you're just like a mama bear. <laughs> but you still have to release that all to God. You've still got, you've still got to stand as, as Jesus would see them. And so there's no distance from God's passionate love. Nothing can distance us. We have the very presence of God in us. Good days, bad days, every day. A day full of trouble. A day where all you can see is darkness. He has his love. His, he cannot leave you. You've been made one with him. He cannot separate from you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's impossible. It just it can't happen. It's impossible that God could ever separate from you. He loves you. He, remember that flower and the Old Testament man saying, well, I know who he is. He loves me. Oh, but he loves me not. He loves me. I've got a truth. Yeah, I believe it. And then something happens. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Boy, I lived there for a long time, let me tell you. I can, I know what that, because you know why? My emotions and my feelings and the troubles and the, and the old wounds with the lies attached would come to the light and God's going, good. I'm going to cast those things far, far away. Because you're going to walk in the truth of who you are. And your past doesn't define you. What other people say about you doesn't define you. I define who you are. And so I'm just going to bypass those. So this is the agape love of God. He leads us as a shepherd to rest. Jesse talked about rest today. God wants to give our souls rest. He wants us to, he leads me beside still waters. He wants to restore my soul. That's my mind, my will, my emotions, wherever my, 
my heart has been cracked by a weapon of the enemy and it's made my heart full of fear. You see, this guy lived in fear. He didn't live in love because perfect love casts out fear. He didn't know the love of daddy, so he lived in darkness. He lived in fear. But God's given us love, power, and a sound mind. It's a promise. It's who he is. He, he's, he's in us as love. He can't change his mind on who he is. He's in, in us as power. The power of Holy Spirit has come upon us and in us and flowing through us. He, he's in us as a sound mind. We have the mind of Christ. Even, with your, even when your mind is just all over the place and you're starting to doubt your sanity, God's saying, God's saying, I want to make a divine exchange with you. You have the mind of Christ. I've given you this gift. Now I want you to have a revelation and encounter with me that you have the mind of Christ. You have a heavenly mindset and not a natural reality mindset. And so now we can face every shadow of death because Jesus has in that darkness of the cross feeling forsaken and abandoned into your hands, I commit my spirit. I absolutely trust you in every darkness, Papa. I trust your love because I know who you are. doesn't matter what's happening to me. doesn't matter what I see. doesn't matter what the reality of what people have done to me. The reality is I absolutely trust you, Papa, because nothing can separate me from your love. So Holy Spirit wants to submerge us in the love of God. Holy Spirit is the baptism, the submerging, where you are the word that becomes that very spirit of the word. See, the word alone, you will change your mind continuously. But when Holy Spirit submerges you, you become the substance, the essence of that word. And so this is the season to be still and know that he's God. He's the I am. Moses met the I am at the burning bush the many-breasted one. See, we have to know the mother heart of God, the one who cares on our worst day and it's coming out of our mouth and we're just having an absolute breakdown because we can't even believe the many-breasted one is with you, the I am, so that we can take the place of tragedy to triumph and say, by the grace of God, I am who I am. This is part of my journey. This is part of my story. I'm a son of God. My scars and my tattoos, they're going to reveal how much daddy loves me and daddy loves you, how good our father is. Hope. I have a confident expectation of the goodness of dad in today in everything that comes against me. So we need to come out of this lockdown unlocked. So that means there's an awakening. I don't know if you've seen there's been an awakening of wounded hearts, wounded souls. You can hear it everywhere. God says, that's okay. I'm doing something really great in here. I'm unlocking those hidden places where wounds have been denied. They've been hidden away. I'm bringing them to the light to make them manifest. I want to heal your soul. I want to restore your soul. I want you to walk full of life. So don't be shocked because, you know, when you speak a word like this, God watches over it to perform it. So sometimes ugly comes out and we're like, what the heck? Where did that come from? I thought I was a child of God. But God's saying, yeah, there, there's a belief there. There's something I'm bringing to the light. You're not bad. 
I just want to speak to you. I want to tell you the truth that makes you free of who you really are. Because everything around you has tried to save who you are to define you. And God wants to restore your original identity before the fall, before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So whatever's come down the generations and you think, oh, what the heck? That's why I am where I am today, because of what's come down the generations. God says, but I didn't create you for that. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And that's where I speak from. That's where I speak from. So that's the healing place. So let's just come out of this place. Let's come out of this lockdown, unmovable, unshakable, ravished by love. That every person in your bubble is going to be loved into wholeness because God loved you into wholeness. He gave you the promise of his Holy Spirit. Powerful, divine influence to change your heart. Grace is not a description. Grace is a person. If we memorize a description of a word, that's all we've got. That's all we've got. Grace can mean very many things to very many people because we all have this interpretation. We all have this defining thing. Okay, grace is. You have to meet grace. You have to be kissed by the comforter. You have to be empowered that your heart so changes that nothing that happens to you can ever change you again. It can't define you because Holy Spirit's defining you. So let, just let God love you. Father, we're so thankful for your plan to reconcile us to your love, to redeem us. You have redeemed us, and you redeem us every single day, every moment, every place, every valley, every low place, every high place. The Redeemer's with us, and you restore us to our original identity, that we are manifest sons and daughters of God. You're healing us from the inside out. Your kingdom's in us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Kingdom of God, come upon us and in us and through us. Your righteousness, your peace, your joy, peace in every circumstance, peace that crushes the head of every serpent. Shod our feet with your peace, Holy Spirit, that we take ground in this season, that we crush the thoughts, even our own thoughts, that lie against your presence, lie against who you are, lie against who we are. Crush those things. Your wrath is for what's against us. You love us. You save us. So we welcome you. We welcome you. Have your way. We just commit our spirits into your hands. We commit ourselves. We surrender. We say, yes, God. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Father. We trust you. We trust you with our hearts. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. So Holy Spirit, flood us to the deepest places. Flood us. We say yes so that our roots are rooted in love that we're rooted in love and our fruit comes from love we want to be fruitful papa so we just thank you for what you're doing in each one of us we just thank you we trust you we thank you for your amazing love that we're more than conquerors that we conquer every lie we conquer because you first conquered you first love us we're just responding. We turn us to our first love. 
a place of just responding to your love, your kisses. Love came down. Love came looking. Love came kissing. Awaken us. Awaken us, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Awaken us, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us. Thank you. 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 Our confidence is in you. We're boldly confident because we know who you are. We're not ashamed of you. We're confident in you. Confident of you and us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We bow down with thanksgiving. We bow down with thanksgiving. You're faithful. What you've begun, you complete. We just thank you. Thank you. Wherever we are, your love, you love, your love. You show up as love because you're with us. People that are depressed or suicidal, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for divine intervention. I thank you, God, for an encounter, an encounter with love that just radically changes them from the inside out, radically changes their focus and their thoughts. Radically, radically, Lord, gives hopelessness and eviction notice. We're the planting of your hands. God, we're the planting of your hands. You've rooted us in love. We're a people of hope. Thank you, Father. We confidently ex expect people that are broken or lost or forsaken or abandoned. We confidently expect your divine intervention. We thank you in advance. We thank you in advance. Look what the Lord has done. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>